Cameron. You did a song today. I did. Yeah, normally, I'm doing the stupid gay stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, went quite put it that way, but, it, you know, you, you we both can do music things on the show, as it turns out. Mine are just more fabulous. Yours are all right. Mine are, they're, they're mine more are fun. fun. They're yeah. show tuny. Do you got, did you do, did you sing? No. Why not? I never really found time for it, and also I don't think uh. anybody wants to hear that. Yeah, but you don't have to find time for it. You just have to believe. That's it's all the really musicals how that works. taught me. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. wasn't I wasn't be prepared. We were talking about show tunes before we started recording. We were. That Lion King movie is not going to work. Nope, I don't think so. I think it's going to look gorgeous until they start singing. A lion, a lion can't be king. It's an aminal. Yeah. Why? Why does? Uh, why does Disney not understand? They tried the this basic... before and it didn't work out. Yeah. Wait. What? There, this is like... like the second Lion King movie. Right. Oh. Technically, it's like the fourth. Didn't they? They did like Lion King, the Lion King one and a half, the Lion King two. Well, technically, Disney kind of Lion off King that, three. That Chinese cartoon. So maybe this is the fifth one. Maybe. <laughs> Was that one called Zubzo and the Kimba. Seven Kingdoms? Kimba. I, I've heard like thematically the two are pretty different. It's a lot of like the the animation stuff, like certain shot compositions that they took. But like as a narrative, I guess they're fairly different. Well, as a narrative, they just ripped off Hamlet. So it's like, hey, I saw a good, I saw one of those Japanese cartoons, and we we could just do that because nobody watches those. I read a play. No one reads plays anymore. We can just use that. Well, Hamlet's in the public domain. I want to write a play that's in the public domain. Well, you have to write a play, and then a hundred years from now, after you die, it'll be a musical called "You Can Have It," and it's about a writer that writes a public domain, uh, public domain song. Okay. And he wants to spread love to the world. And he just has to get this song to catch on. And the and the big executives like, what do you mean you don't want money? It's like I just want the world to sing. There's probably a market for that. I don't. I feel like I don't uh, enjoy the main character. He seems a little silly, but in a bad it would, way. It would kind of be like a live action SpongeBob, where everyone has like jobs, and then there's just one guy that just wants everybody to be happy. I I guess I could see that. It worked for SpongeBob. No, it didn't. He's a sponge. And he, can, he can't be king either. <laughs> no, he can't be king. Neptune is king. Ouch. I hear a dog. That's Ellie. Hi, Ellie. What are you barking at? <laughs> Ellie, stop. What if instead of talking about Steven Universe, we just talked about SpongeBob the entire time? Honestly, I think we could do a whole show about SpongeBob. Didn't we do that? We could probably do it again. People wouldn't remember. I mean, I barely remember. I ordered a t-shirt that says Beep Beep Lettuce, and I'm just waiting for it to come in the mail. Yeah, you, you show me a picture of that. It's, uh, that seems like a funny t-shirt. That's a... Uh... Yeah, I got nothing else. I mean, that's just what it is. It's a t-shirt. So what's new with you? Um, that was my update, but I'm sure you got more interesting things going on. Not really. I don't. I could bitch about work, but it wasn't really that bad today. It was just like the, those annoying things, like, contact the vendor. Hey, I'm looking for this, but I need it in this material. And they're like... Here's everything and and not that material. 
It's like, but you, you, you ignored the part of the question that was important. I needed to, you know, that kind of shit. Where it's like, how are people that dumb? Like, you, you clearly didn't read the entire email. Because if you did, you would give me a different response. Man, I, I wish I had this email handy. I got this email today, and almost every single word was uh, spelled incorrectly. Oh, I hate those. And it was so, like, grating. Just, it, it, it literally, I had to, like, walk away from my desk for a little bit. Wow. Because something about it just really got to me. Did I tell you I quit? Yes. So I put in my notice, and it's like, hey, you know, I'm having trouble staying motivated. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this month goes. <laughs> Are you giving them a full month or just two weeks? I'm giving them a full month, but uh, honestly, at the rate I'm going, I might not make the two weeks. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a, a contract, like a quote come in to work on some um, HVAC units, and the, the quote and everything in it was so poorly written with typos and stuff, and then attached to it was like a bill of like 10 grand, and I was just like, there's no way... We should pay. We should accept this just because the writing is so bad. Like I was, I was pretty offended by it. But then, but then someone cut him a check. And it's just like you use. How, how do you have like such a shitty grasp of the English language? You're an adult. You live in English language. That's the name of this country. goddammit. it. I I really don't know what to do. I kind of I give up on society at this point. People are upsettingly stupid. That's why I escape into. Cartoons made for children. Yeah, I like cartoons made for children, except the bad ones. I like, like um, those ones. Oh, you know what? I'm looking forward to this fall because November 11th, Disney Plus starts. Oh, the their streaming thing. Yeah, and I figure that might be the best way to legally catch up on Gravity Falls. Yeah, I mean, you, I did send you a cursed site that you can watch it, but you got to be really careful about like how you stream from there so you don't get the cooties. Yeah. Gravity so Falls is fun. great. We'll do a Gravity Falls show after I watch that. Yes. I, I have I a did, feeling that I will yeah. compare Steven Universe to Gravity Falls a lot today if we, yeah. if we hit that. I did I did trick you into watching the entirety of Steven Universe today. No, to be fair, you weren't the only person badgering at me to watch this show. So we're looking at five seasons. That's a lot of children's cartoons. It is a lot of children's cartoons. I did. I, I only skipped a couple episodes, too. Yeah, you're a trooper. And they're mostly in season one. I noticed here, season one was like twice as many episodes as the rest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder I wonder if the idea was, okay, we'll give you, what is this, 53 episodes? And um, they tried to get out as many cute stories as they could. But I'm glad that they started building on things like character growth and like longer story arcs. Yeah. Because I do like how the show progresses. Yeah, uh, seasons two through most of five are really good, with the occasional like weird filler episode. Even though it's weird to like think of this in terms of filler because it's not how the word is typically applied. But it's just like we just went on a big quest. I'm gonna get back and hang out with the mayor for an episode, and it's just like, but why, Steven? I don't care about Mayor Dewey. I do because he's voiced by my hero, um, Joel something. Oh, yeah, the hero whose name you don't remember. I like him, too. He's the guy that started Mystery Science Theater and then doesn't have the rights to it anymore, and he kind of kicks himself for that. Oh. But now he's Mayor Dewey on Steven Universe, so everything worked <laughs> out. 
That's sort of like a, like at the end when that he has to go work at the donut shop. Actually, yeah, that's kind of that made me sad. <laughs> um, like, at least Mayor Dewey didn't get cancer, so we didn't have to go through that episode. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, I think it's interesting how Steven Universe feels very clearly inspired by anime, mm-hmm. but in a way that sometimes anime has these like shortcomings or story structure because they're basing it on a comic book that's it has a different flow to it. And that's where filler really comes from is when they have to pad out episodes because there's not actual story to fill a season. And it's weird how people like anime so much that they just take that at the surface level and they're now building off of that. And go, I'm Rebecca Sugar and I'll use my ukulele to recreate this experience. <laughs> but it kind of works out. It works out. I think the, the show establishes its its tone early on that it's also funny and you know it's more typically more funny than it is serious and so the random episodes are at least entertaining and playing to that side of the show it's not always the strength of the show but it is at least uh something to be expected whereas i don't know having inuyasha go hang out with kagome's parents and play with this cat is like an okay break but not it, it doesn't feel like it's part of the show in a lot of ways it's it's a it's a different kind of tangent yeah, there are actually some episodes of uh, of Naruto where the filler episodes are practically non-canon in the same sense that like most anime movies are. Yeah, like for whatever reason they'll they'll do a Dragon Ball Z movie, but it's like yeah, but don't pretend that none of that happened, mm-hmm. and they throw it out. And then there's like filler episodes of Naruto where they'll introduce characters that just disappear completely. Or they'll tap into some kind of new power that's really good, and then they just never use it again. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. Whereas, at least with Steven Universe, like, well, low-key state, it, 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 it always feels like it fits in some way. It's just not maybe what I want the show to do. But Steven is such a pleasant character that I can, like, see him be like, man, just got back from a really scary trip. I can just hang out with the mayor for a couple days to decompress. That makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't not buy that out of him because he wants everybody to be happy right and i think my favorite episodes are the ones where they're not happy but specifically because they navigate complicated negative emotions in a way that i don't see a lot of kids shows touching yeah for sure And it's like you know i I have a feeling the show could actually help some kids that don't get exposure to healthy mental habits Mm -hmm. but at the same time they kind of acknowledge that because there's a there's a joke where Steven's watching a cartoon about like fruits that cry. Oh yeah, that crying. Like, I yeah, can't there's like what it's a called. yeah, but there's like a joke about like why are you watching a cartoon where everyone's just crying all the time? And it's kind of like, ha, ah, that's what I'm doing. I get it. <laughs> there's, I guess I don't know where to like approach this show, right? Because there's a lot to talk about. It is five seasons long. There's a lot of really good things in it, and then a few mistakes, and I don't know what to focus on. Well, let's look at, uh, I got the episode guide up here. And yeah, you're right. Uh, season one is really just a monster leak kind of, you know, there's stuff. That it's like Steven becomes a watermelon. It's like, okay, whatever. I, I like that they kept bringing the watermelon thing back. Yeah, the, like, I feel it like was that first so episode stupid. is fine. <laughs> but then it's like, oh, there's like legs on this. Yeah. There's like a watermelon society with its own like religion and everything. And language and... And yeah, it's goofy as shit, but in a 
in a way that feels earned. And really, I love that season uh, five episode where it's like he's on a different planet, but he manages to psychically connect to the watermelon. Yeah, it's like the episode right before the finale, too. And there's a lot of weight there because there's a lot of climax that you know is around the corner. Yeah. And Steven's in trouble now. And then they do this very interesting sequence where there's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. And it's this very long, deep breath before the finale to the season. Well, I found it really tense in its own way because I'm just like, okay, he managed to travel to Earth, which definitely took some time. And then now he's far away from home and he can't speak. So he's got to figure out how to get home to communicate to his dad and the other gems that they need help. And I'm just like, how long is it going to take? He has to build a fucking raft. That's got to take a couple hours. And I'm just like, how long was he in space jail? But I'm like asking that, you know, I, I, to me that was like a fun thing it did. I wasn't like upset that they were, you know, stuck in space jail and not maybe quite paying attention to time because I, I think they understood that they were paying attention to time and that's why that episode worked. I really liked the space jail. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I liked the scene where Steven wakes up and Connie's not there and Blue comes in to like yell at him. And then he realizes that he's having a dream that pink is like a pink memory. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of like wakes up in the same spot. And it's like this weird deja vu thing where he's like, it, it's interesting how this last season was kind of about how he starts to wonder if he actually is pink diamond. Yeah. And that ending part, that's kind of validation that no, he's Steven mm-hmm. is so well done, I think. Yeah, and it was done at a great point where, like, because they, they took his gem out, and I feel like a big part of the story is like, so what happens if his gem is removed? And it turns out he starts to die. Yeah, that was actually a little, like, it, it was very, uh, I felt real how he's, like, immediately dying, and he can't stand, and he's, like, losing color. And it wasn't in a super cartoony way. It was like, a, oh, this is like really serious kind of. Yeah, and like Connie has to like pick him up and start, you know, carrying him over to his gym, and hopefully they'll come back to, you know, become one fused back together. I guess uh, before they both stop existing. I really liked that shot where, right after the gem was removed, then the screen like split down the middle. Oh yeah, and it's and like he could get... seeing himself. Yeah, it's like both perspectives. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It and was funny, like, though, because I was watching it on Daily Motion, and when it did that, I was like, did the Daily Motion stream get fucked up, or is this part <laughs> of the show? Yeah, see, I loved I loved White Diamond because she's like she's trying to maintain this posture of perfection. Mm-hmm. And you see when she gets frustrated, but she's still in control because she's literally more powerful than everyone. And so right when that moment happens and she's surprised and doesn't know what to do, I just loved every moment of that. I guess I I had I didn't really I didn't not care for it, but the way this show wound up ending is not the way I would I really wanted it to end. Um, the idea of like I know the the diamonds were established really well early on as like the big bads, and then they kind of just became like oh they're a, 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 their own kind of family. They're just a fucked up family. Let's make them see the goodness of family. And I, I kind of figured the show would end that way because it was, that was always a major theme of it is family and like what makes a, a successful family, what makes a loving family. But going from like 
rebellion and war to, oh, they're just sisters having a squabble. Uh, which is being reductive as shit, because there's clearly a lot of, like, abuse going on. I don't know, I, I wanted something a bit more, with maybe a bit more spectacle, a bit more uh, finality to it. What did you think of Obsidian? Obsidian was fine. I thought the design was neat, but they don't do much with it. Yeah, she just climbs up a, a robot thing, and, and it's fine. Like, that whole action scene I didn't think was all that great. It, yeah. I, I would have preferred almost not to have it, simply because the the scene after it was so much better. Well, the one thing I liked about the action scene, like, it it was kind of neat how it slowly ramped up, and, like, Blue's trying to help Steven escape, and Yellow gets involved, and then Yellow starts crying and realizes that she was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps ramping up, and then, like, White <laughs> steps in and is like, okay, no. And everybody was falling, and the only way to save everybody was for Steven to, like, jump and fuse with everyone. Which was neat in I, theory. I liked, I liked that whole sequence because it also, like, it represents how tight the relationship is that he could fuse with somebody who's unconscious. I would have preferred... He did it with, if he did it with Amethyst, and then they used the yo-yos to rescue the other three gems, because I didn't really like that f- the actual fusions with the other two, like just the, their characters or even some of the design work to them. I wasn't a huge fan of, and it felt I don't know a little well, fan fictiony, right? Because I'm sure like there is tons of fan art of like, hey, what would happen if Steven fused with Garnet? It'd probably look like this. And so then the fact that they did it, and I didn't really. The fusions themselves are kind of weak, but what I love yeah. is the character redesigns afterwards when they're revived. They're okay. I like them because it again, it's like a really simple way to show growth and progression. I like Pearl's. She she looks pretty nice. Biffy. I think Pearl jacket. came out the best. Yeah. But I I like how Stephen didn't just save them. It's like he helped them all grow a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, and their yeah, bonds like, are tighter than ever, and it's like it's all very a visual metaphor for what's clearly going on in the story. But I feel like it's handled in a relatively graceful way. All of that stuff is good, but I feel like the some of the steps to get there were not like like uh, Sunstone was was terrible, and, and yeah, really took a lot out of the scene, and then the maybe even the surrounding scenes of it, just because tonally that did not fit with what was going on at all. And I didn't like the design at all, and it was just like this weird, bad decision in an otherwise pretty good episode. Yeah, I mean, I had I had flaws with like some of the last stuff in the some of the stuff in the last arc. Um, some of it was there's a lot of really good details to it, but on the whole, it really was not how I would have ended a show like this. And that's just you know comes down to personal preference. But I'm thinking of like the last four episodes of Gravity Falls, which were much bigger, much more apocalyptic, uh, a lot of body horror, a lot of really weird jokes and some surrealism going on, and I feel like that show really nailed its its climactic ending better than this one did. But they were it's, going for pretty different things. Yeah. It's really funny to me thinking about how we're discussing like the Steven Universe season finale, and at the same time, Game of Thrones is having this really terrible finale that just seems to be going downhill for everybody. <laughs> yeah, even my parents didn't really care for the last two episodes. Well, they, I remember seem- watching a bit of the Battle of Winterfell because it was just on HBO, and I was thinking, "What is wrong with the picture?" Because like, 
I know people were complaining that it was too dark, but there was like actual like artifacting going on in the imaging. Like it wasn't exported right or something. It well, looked weird. It just... Yeah, I mean, did you hear about the like Starbucks cup that the stagehand left on the table? Yeah, that was funny. And it's like, yeah, it's funny, but it's also like, wait, how much money is this TV show making that you can't double check that? Because it costs like over a million dollars an episode, I think, at this point with all the CG. Well, they're basically movies. Like, I think this last episode was an hour and a half long. Sure. Like, it's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, come on. I, I'm I know... hearing a lot of complaints about the story just feeling kind of lazy. Yeah, the characters are making like really poor military decisions and just walking into traps that are clearly traps. And yeah, I'm hearing the same. It's weird. I know there was a, a big hullabaloo that like Jon Snow left Ghost his wolf, but didn't like hug him or pet him or anything like that because they were basically out of budget. And so they're just like, well, we thought this would be just as equally as compelling if they nodded at each other. People were like, no, it's not how you say goodbye to a dog. You give it a hug, goddammit. And it's just like, I can't believe oh, Game of Thrones ran out of budget, but also the dragons are probably pretty expensive to do. There was something, like, I don't I don't watch it super closely, so I might have some details wrong, but I was hearing somebody complain about this most recent one, where I guess the, the zombie king, like, they figured out the zombies have a weakness, and if you kill them with this one kind of mineral, then they'll die. Yeah, the dragon glass. Um, dragon glass. You just gotta use that dragon glass. What is it? Is it? Is it obsidian? The stuff that like, I don't the, know. The, the volcanoes make after like the lava hardens. Yeah, obsidian. Yeah, yeah, it's that. So, I don't know what the deal is, but I guess the the zombie king had a counter to that, where that's not good enough to stop him. So it's like, oh no, our plan was to use that to stop him, and now we can't. And then like ten minutes later, they they stab him with obsidian, and he dies. Oh, there you go. And. Like, I guess right after the show, there's like a behind the scenes thing where they sit down with the directors and talk about it and how much fun they had filming and how exciting it is. And they they more or less admit that, like, in not so many words, but they kind of imply that they didn't think the audience would remember. Oh, really? The the plot hole is kind of like they dance around this subject of like, yeah, sometimes things just happen. And it's like the guys I was listening to complaining about this, the uh, Castle Super Beast. They seemed really down <laughs> on this last season where it's like, man, the the one guy said that he was comparing it to Battlestar Galactica where it's like Battlestar is maybe the best show ever made as long as you don't watch the final three episodes. Oh, damn. And if you watch those final three episodes where they literally don't know what they're doing and are just like rolling the dice to figure out who's a robot and it doesn't make sense anymore. Like, if you watch those, it actually makes it the worst show ever made, because everything up to that point was pointless. Sure. But if you could, if in a perfect world you never saw those and you, you were left wondering how it ended, it would actually be a better experience. It really makes, because I'm a fan of the books, and so I've basically avoided the show, and I'm like, no, I'm going to get the story through the books, unless he dies, in which case I will reluctantly watch the show. But until then, I really don't want to know anything about the show, and then I, you, you learn things by proxy. Like, I, I saw the, the, the zombie king, right? And I'm just like, this dude looks like he belongs in Thor 2, the Dark World. And yeah. uh, I, I don't like his design at all. And I don't get it. And I'm just like, I hope Martin doesn't introduce another king of uh, you know to deal with, another political king to deal with in the, in the books. And to me, he's got way more other interesting things he could do than actually have a leader of the goddamn zombies. Like, that seems like a bad decision. 
but I have no idea what he's going to do or if he'll ever finish. So, what is your favorite song? Ooh, I really liked Familiar. It's either that, that was... one or uh, the one Garnet sings, like the very first show tune, the Better Than You. Yeah, I think I think Better Than You is maybe the catchiest mm-hmm. good one. Um, Familiar's a good use though. It, it kind of ties in a lot of like. The story themes and everything carries it forward. I I like the songs that actually are part of the story, like how a musical should be. Yeah. And not the ones where it's like, wouldn't this be entertaining for five minutes? we got to kill time. The first song Sadie does is also really good, Um, or as the band, when they're like, when she's just kind of like ad-libbing and they're, they're playing instruments. And then the other two songs we hear from her I don't like, mostly just because I thought they were bad, kind of whatever rock pop songs they were aiming for what do you what did you think of uh pearls um do it for her i liked it uh there was a lot like it's one of those things with it's a good use of a show tune because there's a lot in it to unpack and it's a lot of emotion delivered in a a way that is like heightens it because of the way she's singing um it was neat really getting her view of rose and the in the fight that she was in because Pearl, up until some point, like, I never really, I didn't hate her, but I didn't care for her as much because she was such, like, the mom character and, uh, you know, not quite as, not quite as fun or interesting. And then you, you start really realizing that, oh, she had a really deep relationship with Rose to the point where, like, she was in love with Rose and this war really fucked her up and she's not over it. And, like, you really start getting that there in that song. Yeah. I feel like they do a really good job of, kind of feeding you enough information to get the context mm-hmm. without dwelling on the melodrama. I really like how flawed all the characters are. And it's one of those things that a lot of kids shows you're probably not going to, you're not going to see that as much or at all. But these, the main characters in, in Steven Universe are extremely well, well designed and well, well rounded. And they all have a lot of just emotional baggage that's established really well and makes sense to them. Like Steven himself has a like just a heaps of shit he's got to work through uh, throughout the show, and it's it just amazes me that they managed to get it all into a kids show and then also do it in such a way where I, as a thirty year old connoisseur of cartoons, uh, really enjoyed because it seems like it'd be an easy thing to fuck up. I really like yeah, I get, like you said, a lot of the characters just have flaws, and really they feel genuine. Mm-hmm. My favorite moments are, again, when the character's just having a really bad time, and sometimes all they can do is cry about it. Sure. And I feel like, <laughs> I mean, going back to my earlier point, I think somebody has to tell people it's okay to cry sometimes, and it's okay to work through emotions. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of kids' books that, uh, it's like, w- when you feel this emotion, that's okay. But it, it's not actually, like, life advice. Right. Um, well, there's just a lot of, like, you know, people being raised, like, boys shouldn't cry. You have to, like, deal with your emotions some other way. Or, I don't know. See, the, I never experienced that. I feel like I did, but I live in the Midwest. I just, and, I never, what I was never really expressly taught was that emotions can be complicated. And mm. I feel like that was one of the themes that they tried to work into um, Inside Out. Yeah, I, just, I don't think that was a very good movie, but the idea that you can you can have 
a happy memory that makes you sad because you miss somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to feel happy thinking about the good times. Yeah. And it's totally valid to be frustrated and it's valid to be whatever on the spectrum, however complicated <laughs> it really gets, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, I was happy when Bing Bong died. Me too. Come at me, bro. Um, we'll hug he deserved it out. to die. He was he was holding the main character back. He was fucking annoying. What was I? Okay, so I liked uh, I liked the episode with the pink line shows up. Yeah, I did too. Like, it seems like such a dumb cartoon thing, and I'm just like, does Steven really have a pet lion now? And it turns out, yes, he did, and that was great. But I love how Pearl kind of freaked out that it's like, what is this pink lion? And then when Steven has like the power to go into the main and come out with stuff that belonged to Rose and Pearl like has this like mental breakdown that, uh, that Rose might've kept secrets from her. Oh yeah. And she like punches the wall on the painting almost falls down and she like runs off to hide. And it, it ends with that really neat scene where Pearl just went to be alone to have her mental breakdown. And she just, like, she asks Steven, like, you know, sometimes I wonder, can she see me through you? And she's clearly having a bad time, and Steven has, like, no response because he's a kid and has no idea what's going on. Right. And so all he does is, like, hold her. And the, the episode kind of ends there with just her crying <laughs> and letting it out for a minute. And I feel like the like the shot itself is so well done. And the build-up to that is very well handled but still entertaining enough for kids i think and to me my favorite part of that scene is just the implication of rose's relationship with steven then because i remember a lot of uh, there's definitely bits of uh, where i'm just like why are these characters hanging out with steven because steven is annoying and at that point he was uh, much less annoying but it is like oh rose likes steven because or pearl likes steven because subconsciously or or maybe actively she she hopes rose is still in there and like not gone from her like she definitely you know it's one of those like i don't think she wants to admit to herself that this this thing has happened and that the person she loved is gone and just like the idea that i like you because you don't just remind me of your mom you might be your mom and if you're your mom in there then i want to be around you and you come back and it's like this almost there's almost a little like a bit of parasit parasiticness to the relationship that that you know, uh, Pearl is being selfish. Yeah, and it kind of also justifies some of her, like, being overly protective because yeah. he's just a little human boy, but also that's all that she has left. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that, like, she gave up everything in her life for Rose, and Rose basically just decided to leave and leave this child behind. Yeah, Rose betrayed, like, everybody she knew and loved. <laughs> I, I kind of hate Rose. I know! <laughs> Well, and then Steven kind of comes to that conclusion, too, though, towards the end, where it's just like, you know, when he admits he's, or like, screams like he's not his mom, like, there's a lot of anger there, and I think it's because he doesn't want to be his mom, because he realizes that, like, they share a lot of qualities, and he shares their memories, but he is, he's so selfless in comparison, he doesn't run away from any of the problems he's in, whereas it, it seemed like Rose was doing nothing but run away. And nothing but being selfish. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because, I well, it's like I like when when Stephen realizes that Rose Quartz killed people in the war, and he has to deal with the fact that like he's related to basically a, a murderer. 
Yeah. He was like kind of haunted by the reality that there was a war and it kind of like gets a little too real for him. Yeah. But then he's in that like life or death situation where he has to push uh, that ruby out into space. And it's like, that's the last thing he wanted to do, but he had to. Mm-hmm. And then that haunts him for a while. I like that those big decisions like that continue to show up. Like the characters really have like a lot of emotional fallout from the the horrible things they have to do or that they're forced to do. And it, it just, it doesn't feel like it, it would, it needs to do that, but I'm glad it does because it's a kid show and I would, I would totally understand if it did not do that. But the fact that it does makes it just all the better because it, it, it understands that actions have like a shitload of consequences. And when you're dealing with basically war and insurgency and, and all of that stuff, um, I feel like I had another point I was going to make and I don't remember what it is. So on the topic of uh, Rose betraying everybody, mm-hmm. I like that realization when uh, when Steven confirms that Rose is really Pink Diamond. And then he, it's like, I liked that episode exploring Pearl's memories. That episode was great because it really like cemented the fact that Pearl has like some severe PTSD from that war. Right. But it also, like, it was interesting how it was like reverse chronological order. Yeah. The deeper these repressed memories get. And there's this really neat moment where you finally see exactly what really happened and how she faked her death and what was really going on. And... Steven like pops out of Pearl's mind and just like blurts out the realization and they're like what and it's like it's a cute moment but then I love how Garnet literally breaks up (laughs) over the realization that she was lied to this whole time and had no idea yeah and uh shoot what's her name Sapphire is like like literally just come she immediately comes to the conclusion that this whole thing was just a diamond plot and this is all like some sort of torture on a psychological level. Yeah, they, they didn't it's like, react it, like very they're well. so immediately hurt. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. One of my favorite things about that too is that I think this is the time when when Amethyst is just like only focused on it to make sure that Steven is okay because everyone else is like basically falling apart from this and she's just like, Are you okay? And he's just like, I think you might be the only mature crystal gem <laughs> because you're, you're like the only one not caring about yourself right now. And it, it it really made me love Amethyst again because she was definitely my favorite character in season one. And then two through four, it was up and down because a lot of characters had great moments. And then just her like coming back at the end and just being like low key the mature one and and kind of like the one you know, she's like always going to be there for Steven, you know, in, in, a, in a different kind of way than Pearl and Garnet mm-hmm. um, because she doesn't have that relationship with Rose, and so she's not obligated to be his friend. She just wants to be kind of thing. Yeah, like, I like that one episode where uh, Amethyst and Greg were just hanging out like they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like she just missed doing stuff like that. Yeah, that was a really good episode, too. Um, She's she's a good character. I'll be honest, I like the wrestling thing. It was stupid, but it was, like, really on brand for the show. Like, it, they made it work. Oh, like that early one where she was, like, escaping to do it on the side? Yeah, and then Steven joins her as a tiger millionaire, and everyone really likes him because he's, like, the heel. Yeah, <laughs> that that tapped into, like, the fun of wrestling really well. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, like, didn't he trick somebody? He was like, hey, here's a million dollars, and he, like, slammed the briefcase on his hands or something. Yeah. And Amethyst, like, jumps him from behind, and the crowd goes crazy. Like, oh, that was a dirty trick. 
He ends up like pissing off Lars because he's like too much of a heel. Lars is like, I can't believe Tiger Millionaire would do that to his fans. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he would do to his fans. He's a, he's the asshole wrestler, dude. That's why you like him. You know, Lars is a fucking interesting... Okay, one of the great things about the show is the side characters also got a lot of time to shine. I mean, it was long enough to give them the, the space to, but... Like, Lars's giant character arc from being a really terrible person that Steven just liked because Steven likes everybody, to... You find out he's got a lot of insecurities. You find out he's got talents he's too afraid to show people because they're not cool. And then he becomes a goddamn, like, space pirate <laughs> after he dies and gets brought back to life. Yeah, the fact that they, like, killed Lars, and I was like, wait, what is this show about? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was, so that was kind of cool. Like, he has his own spaceship and, you know, alien pirate crew. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, comes back to Earth, and it's like... Wow, that's actually a really amazing character arc. Because if you watch that first season, you have no idea that they would go there. Right. But that was actually a really good idea. I love when they redid the opening. Yeah. And I like I love Beach City as this quiet little town. And it's kind of believable that the gems would hide out there because there's not a lot there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cute, the opening, how it's like they drive through the town and there's stuff here and there. But then when they redo it and you see these background characters that have had character development and it's like more of them are present and more of them are like united saying like, oh, hey, Steven. And there's like little touches. It's like, you know, I really like what they do with the show sometimes. Yeah. And part of it is just like it really does have the time to do it because it's five seasons long, whereas Gravity Falls is only two. And so there's a lot of, of background characters that had it gotten more seasons, we definitely would have seen more of and that would have been cool. Um. But, you know, you got to know where your strengths lie, and I think, and, and what you can do, and I don't know. I had a point, and I'm kind of losing it, which is weird, because I haven't been drinking that much. But I, but I, I do. I hate Rose. Yep, that's fair. She's a, she's a big dummy. Don't like her dumb, stupid, giant pink hair. But I like the way that, most of the time, she's kept as this enigma. Mm-hmm. And I love how, like, the first time you actually see her face is when Steven finds that uh, VHS that was recorded for him. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, like, the first time you hear her voice. And really, it's, you're there with Steven. It's the first time he's really heard her and seen her. Yep. And it's neat having this character not be present. Because, honestly, there's more than one moment where I thought, oh, this is when the uh, Rose hologram's going to show up and... Uh, tell Steven what to do but it's like he never gets an answer and he never gets told what to do he's always kind of left to his own devices and all he can do is trust his friends but they don't have the answers and honestly I find that kind of refreshing compared to most cartoons that kind of go through the similar arc sure I like when he goes into his mom's room where he can basically get anything he makes her appear but then quickly realizes that the stuff he's she's telling him is the stuff he wants to hear it's not her and he's like this is this isn't real. This is a, a shallow experience that I actually don't want any part of. Yeah. Because it's something that I think anybody in his shoes would have tried. Like, oh, I can go to my magic room and talk to my mom. That would be amazing because I never got to meet her. And then you quickly realize this is this doesn't work. This isn't working. And it it was super relatable despite having a ton of magic in it. I, I feel like it was a much better version of that mirror from Harry Potter. Mm. I was thinking the same goddamn thing. I can't remember what the name of that mirror was. Uh, 
it was like Dumbledore's uh, anus explorer. Yeah, Dumbledore's anus explorer. I don't remember. Oh, I thought I but thought you like, did. I believed you. I liked the idea in that Harry Potter movie because I don't read books. <laughs> I like the idea of a magic item that just tells you what you want to hear. Yeah, but I feel like the uh, the lessons don't come out of it so much. It's like there is a wisdom to being aware of when you're hearing what you want to hear. But with that Steven Universe episode, it's like so much more interactive and real. Yeah. And I feel and you they also justify the baggage leading up to it. Mhm. I kind of don't care that Harry Potter never met his parents. Sure. Like it's a part of the story, but it I feel like it doesn't actually define his character that much. Well, I me, mean, I don't I don't think it yeah, it's not really about that whereas Steven not meeting his mother and being like really overshadowed by his mother is a huge part of the story. Yeah. I mean, Lillian and James Potter, the only important thing they did was fucking die. Yeah. Because that they 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 died and their love protected Harry and it hurt Voldemort. But like other than that, they didn't really do anything important. They were just people. They, they also had this like awkward love triangle that got Snape to be bitter but also mm-hmm. care about Harry in a really complicated way that kind of pays off later sort of. I haven't read the books in a while. I need to really, I really need to dive back into those soon. It's been too long, but yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, God, I, I, okay. The other characters I didn't like. I don't like Ronaldo and I don't like Onion, but they're not really main characters, uh, so it's fine so, to hate both of those. <laughs> yeah, Onion is fine in the sense that he shows up in a filler episode, and it's like, yeah, okay. Ronaldo is like, well, I'm skipping this one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is about it because I I feel like they could have fun with it's like he's so he, he's so like energetic and like ready to get excited about this weird stuff that happens, but then it's like they don't do anything and he's an idiot. It, it, the thing is that they're always making fun of him like he's clearly always in the wrong. Yeah, but I, I feel like they don't go far enough with it where he's just obnoxious. And I wish someone would tell him to fuck off and then punch him in the face. What do you so? You're like uh, Lapis, right? Lapis is fine. I liked her in the first episode when she was introduced, and I feel like they don't use her very well after that. I'd... It's weird, because I guess going into the show, a lot of people were telling me, oh man, Lapis and Peridot, you're going to really like those two when they show up. Like Those are the ones to look out for. And I like both of them. I also feel like they're both used just enough where if they used them more, I would find them annoying. Lapis, a bit less so because she's less energetic. Um, I really like what her character represents and, like, her relationship with Jasper being this, like, really toxic, abusive thing that, like, haunts her for more than one season. Then you find out that she's terrified of the diamonds coming back and she just wants to get the fuck out of there and leave. Um, I I think she's cool that way. The rest of her personality, though, is, like, she's just, like, she's really down to earth. She doesn't talk a whole lot. She doesn't really raise her voice. And, And the only time she's upset is if, like, something basically actually triggers you know some part of her like ptsd basically a lot of characters have ptsd in this show so uh, i yeah to some extent um so I, I i like lapis i think she's i think she's fine i'm i think they probably could use her a little bit more but too much more and i would maybe have found it annoying or trying too hard because there's something really likable out her about her despite her being so like broken like it's what she's like i don't know like that fluttershy character we're just like i want to give you a hug because you're clearly going through some shit and you need a hug i don't hug people so i wouldn't do that i'd have someone else do it but um 
You know, she's that type of character. Yeah. I think uh I think I really liked the one episode where Steven realized that he could communicate with the centipede monster. That was a good one. And it was cute how he like trained it where to shoot acid. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and like they bring it on a mission where it's like, oh, hey, we could just, you know, all these monsters we've been fighting, um, like we can actually use them and let them kind of be free in themselves as long as they don't hurt anybody. And I feel like that's so representative of Steven wanting the best for everyone where he doesn't mm-hmm. just assume, oh, that's a monster. We got to stop it. It's like, well, yeah, but what can we do to help him when no one else even humored that idea? Yeah. Oh, and that reminds like, me. Unless oh, yeah. you, you you can finish your point. Now it's kind of rambling. Okay. Um. One of the one of the things with the climax is I really would have liked it if they would have been forced to kill White Diamond, because for one thing it would have put Steven in his mom's position of like I'm in a, I'm in the middle of a war or a war-ish experience. I need to defend myself and defend the planet Earth, and that might mean doing things I don't want to do. But it would also force the decision that like if we kill White Diamond, all of the corrupted gems on Earth are fucked, and so it's like Earth is a planet versus the corrupted gems versus morals you know and like having this really heavy you know decision he'd have to make or that the gems would have to make but ultimately forced into doing it because white diamond pushed them to uh, some kind of breaking point is basically the ending i wanted to see and i don't think a cartoon show on cartoon network aimed at children probably ever would have delivered that but it is it is where i wanted it to go i liked when white diamond pulled the the pink diamond out of Steven because it's like, this like drawn out scene where it's like, she's not going to actually do that. And then you see it happen and mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, and it cuts a commercial and it's like, <laughs> it would have been neat if there was like a reverse scene of that, where it was pink on white and like pushing white to that breaking point, And you're not sure if she's going to break or not. Oh, that'd have been interesting. Like I can see that playing out. Yeah. I think, the best, uh, the best thing I can compare this to is the uh, series finale to Avatar. Did you watch that? I watched some of it. I never actually watched it to the end. Oh no! So man, I love. I, I I think it's a really good show. Sure. But I have um I have on DVD. It's like a short collection where it's just uh, it's just the final season really, but the final disc of the final season is really well done because. There was like a four-part finale kind of thing. Okay. But right before that, there was this one episode where, like, the whole the final season was about the gang preparing and training and getting ready to finally stop the Fire Lord. And, like, everyone's story arcs are coming to a conclusion. It's all coming down to this. The whole world's in jeopardy if the Fire Lord takes over. So they have to get ready for this. And the whole season is about them training and trying to get ready. And it's like they just they need a break before anything happens. And so they get tickets to a play because there was a playwright who has been like collecting stories about the avatar that's been traveling around. And he wrote a play about the avatar. So that, well, that might be funny. So they go to this playhouse and they're watching a theater performance that literally sums up the entire series up to this point. Oh, that's cute. And it, it's really cute. It touches on all the fun little things. There's a, <laughs> There's a part where the the one guy and his uh his girlfriend is there and then the girlfriend turns into a moon goddess and disappears. And and he's sitting in the audience and his new girlfriend is like I didn't know you were dating a moon goddess and she's trying to be like playful <laughs> about it, but he's like actually getting emotional over it. Sure. <laughs> it's like 
and all these different scenes and and there's a part where Toph shows up. Do you know Toph? Yes. She's just a little blind girl. Yep, yep. Earthbender. So <laughs> the the actor they got to play Toph is this like huge muscly guy. <laughs> and they're all like kind of awkward like oh they didn't cast her well. But then like but Toph can hear his voice and she's like, "Oh wow, I sound so tough." <laughs> <laughs> it's it like really light moments and then it all comes together and the avatar's there before the fire lord and then the fire lord kills him and saves the day oh no a play oh. being held in the fire nation yeah so of course that's how the story ends and it's like they have this weird emotional like <laughs> it opened up the, the play opens some wounds and then it ends on this sour note that their mission will end in failure and it's like, oh, that's not so great. And then the next four episodes are this really well done climactic finale. Sure. But Aang's entire issue is that he he's never had to kill someone before. And at some point, it kind of dawns on him that they're expecting him to kill the Fire Lord. And the issue is the Fire Lord's the most powerful firebender in the world. And he has the loyalty of the entire Fire Nation it's like you can't just put him in fire jail and yeah. it's over. So it's like, yeah, you kind of have to kill him. And he has, like, I mean, he's still a kid, too. He's, like, the youngest Avatar ever. Yeah. And it's like, this is just way too much for him. And he kind of runs away and disappears and leaves everybody right before the climactic battle. And they're all like, oh, we don't know what we do. But Aang disappears and he meditates and he channels previous Avatars for advice. And each Avatar that comes up tells a story where they're like hey sometimes you have to kill people because they're bad this is what i did once and like this lady tells a story about how she killed this guy Mm. and he's like okay i'm talking to someone else and it's like yeah i'm with you you shouldn't have to kill anybody um when i was avatar i took this really passive approach i thought the world would sort of take care of itself and then my wife got taken by the face centipede that stole her face and now i'm haunted by her undead face in my sleep (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, cool, I'm talking to someone else. And he goes through a bunch of avatars in the whole lineage, and they all tell him, hey, it's it's war, you have to kill him. Yeah. And he's so convinced that he doesn't have to, that it, like, it almost, <laughs> like, like, he almost runs away from the whole thing, but he says, no, I have to help everybody. And he shows up at the right time, and he, he fights the Fire Lord, and it's this really cool fight. But he finally has the guy down on his knees, and then he like he grabs him, and he does this thing that's never done before, and literally removes his ability to to firebend, and it's like he invents a way to disarm him. That's a good compromise, and it's really well done and powerful. Like in context of the show, it's handled perfectly, and it gets the story across. And it's like he didn't have to compromise his morals. I feel like it's not really realistic. It, like, he can still handled, be a dictating fireman. Well, I mean, it, it's handled a little better than how I'm summarizing it. Sure. But it was a, it was a very perfect way to end that show. Because it's like, wow, Aang is the best, is the moral of the story. And Yay. it's like this, it's an inspirational kind of heroic story. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm curious how Steven Universe will end, because honestly, this season five feels like the final season. Yeah, I I know I had heard that they had ended it kind of the way they wanted to, and then I think they got more money to do another season and a movie. But I'm just like, I don't... They they clearly 
didn't plan on that happening. And so they ended That's it. That's how it feels. Yeah, and so I'm just like, I don't think I need to see season six and the movie because that'll be like True Blood season seven, which was fucking terrible. And, you know, like, went on way too long and, and all the good writers left and shit like that. Like, it's like, no, nah, I think I'm good. I don't I don't think I need to watch season six at all. Like, I got a really good ending. Wasn't what I wanted, but at least, I mean, it. everything they did, I understand the decisions they made. You know, I'm not I'm not an idiot. I, I, I totally get what they were trying to do. And I think they did a good job. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, to me, I've seen Steven Universe. I'm, I'm good. I want an episode where Ronaldo's like, I want to be a space pirate like Lars. And he like jumps off a cliff to die. And then Steven's like, oh, man, that's a shame and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I like we didn't talk about Greg and how Greg is amazing. Oh, Greg's pretty cool. <laughs> Easily one of the best characters of the damn show. Yeah, and it's like the the way it starts off, it's like he's fine, he's he's good, but it's like he doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. But they find ways for him to actually be kind of important to the story, and I I really like that they're able to handle it in a way that feels graceful. Yeah, I like when like uh, when Steven's upset and they think it's because he was having like some emotional problem by being on Jim Homeworld, and it was actually because Connie was mad at him. And Greg's just like, I can help you with this. I understand being, you know, upsetting women. <laughs> you know, like this yeah, is a superhuman like, thing. I can, I, I can relate. I can to do and help that one. <laughs> you know, it, it. He's also just a really good dad because I know, like, okay, there's a lot of anime influences in this, and typically anime parents are terrible or just never around. And Greg is like the antithesis to both of those things. Like, he's not always around, but he, he he's not around for reasons that make sense to him and to Steven. Where he's like, well, Steven's part Jim, he needs to be with Jim's, and then he's part human, so he needs to be with humans, and I'm the bridge between the two, because I know both of those sides a bit. And that makes sense to me. But, like, you can tell he really loves his kid. They they have a, a huge passion for music and for hanging out and, and, and junk food. And, like, they have a really great relationship with each other that makes sense. And uh, he's just he's a surprisingly well-done character, because I feel like he was another easy character for the show to screw up if they weren't careful. You know, one thing I think they did really well, I like that Steven doesn't go to public school. Oh, yeah. And I never really like thought about is, that. Well, yeah, it's a thing they don't touch on. Connie goes to school. Yeah, it, but also she lives far away. That's true. So it's like, it's kind of like, well, she would go to a different school. But it's like, I don't want the filler episode about having a bully in class and so Steven uses superpowers to impress everybody or something stupid. Mm. Because I feel like that's done plenty in other shows. So I'm kind of glad they chose to just, they disregard that aspect of a child's life. And it's like, this is just, this is a fantasy world. We're going to focus on this story right now. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Yeah, totally. Remember that in Sonic the Hedgehog when they killed Dr. Robotnik? So then they all, all the characters go to school and it's like Archie. No, but I imagine that actually did happen. So maybe that's what'll happen now that all the diamonds are getting along and they saved all the off colors and um, I imagine there's gonna be like a green diamond or some other colored diamond that's like actually you forgot about me and it'll be some shitty ass maybe not shitty but not as good. Oh yeah, it's it's funny how they've been foreshadowing stuff since early on. Like there's season three stuff where you see pink diamond and white diamond fighting in a mural that oh, really like, that plays out later. It's like, they clearly had this arc in place. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, they come up with green diamond and it's like, mm, 
Okay. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff we could talk about because, like I said, five season show. But I can't think of anything more. I feel like we did a decent job, you know, broad strokes covering this one. Yeah, I I got you to watch it. Um, and you watched the whole thing, which is I think a good review, right? You didn't get bored out of it. No, I. It was rough beginning. The some the first like seven or eight episodes are really bad. Uh. And after that, it it really starts to improve, and season two onward, it's a really good show. I was really, really enjoying it. I'm, you know, it's one of those things where I'm such like a, an internet stooge. I'm just like, well, if I did a top five cartoons, where would I put Steven Universe? And uh, I'm not t- entirely sure. Number three will it, surprise you. Yeah, you know, like I could see it being in a top five though, if I was like not including like adult cartoons like Rick and Morty and South Park. But that kind of clickbait shit has no part of opinions are cheap. Cameron I, and Chad. I really enjoyed it. I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. I, I hope this final season doesn't ruin everything. I'm not going to watch it unless people say it's good and I should watch it. I like White Diamond, though. I liked her cape. White Diamond was okay. I, I kind of like like she represents almost like an abusive parent. Yeah. Which is neat. But her as a character was also... I mean, she didn't have a whole lot of screen time or words, so there wasn't much to her. Like, I thought, I really liked Jasper as a villain because he was, or she was around for a couple seasons. Uh, just physically imposing. Um, when she did come back, you know, she fuses with the gym, uh, like a corrupted gym, gets all fucked up, starts becoming corrupted. Like, I feel like she was my favorite villain. Of yeah, the Jasper's show. interesting because. I feel like she's kind of two-dimensional and she serves her purpose at first. But the way that she keeps showing up and she's so, like, it's not even about duty or anything. It just becomes this personal grudge. Yeah. It's interesting. She feels like a Dragon Ball Z character. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love that picture where it's, like, it's Peridot and Jasper, but they're drawn, like, Vegeta and Nappa from that first shot. Oh, nice. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I remember, actually, like, I think I remember remarking that she was like, I think I just saw a Dragon Ball Z shot in this in this anime or this yeah, cartoon. Yeah, it, it literally looks like that. Yeah. Oh, actually, I have it right here. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a good show. It's a it's a kid show. There's show tunes and a lot of lesbians, but if that stuff doesn't drive you away, I recommend it to anybody. Really. I like the uh, the the gender stuff and the in the LGBT kind of allegory. I, it's nice to see that kind of representation done well and with, like, a lot of thought. And, it, you know, a lot of it is just kind of cute. Like, frickin', uh, like, uh, Sapphire and Ruby's wedding was was a really good episode. Also, uh, Ruby as a, as, a, as a cowboy was pretty great, too. And then Amethyst just was like, I'm the horse. You know, it's funny. I'm kind of torn on Ruby and Sapphire because I like Garnet so much more than both of them. But then I feel like when they get episodes dedicated to them, there's interesting stuff. But I also would rather just Garnet be around. Yeah, no, that's fair. So it's difficult to... <laughs> it's like they they have to really explain why they would split up. Because mm-hmm. they just... They don't. They never split up. And that also helps add impact when they do. But then you don't see much of them. I liked how they described a wedding, though, where it's just like humans have invented a way to make a single moment last forever. You know, and it's like the the exchanging of wedding rings. Evidently, no one told them about divorce, but I thought that was really sweet how they like express that sentiment. 
Yeah. I got to do well, that divorce video. Yeah. I got a good idea for video. So I'm going to do that. You got a glad space? Um, yeah. Uh, I've been rereading Moby Dick and it's been great. I love Moby Dick so much. It's such a good book. And Ishmael's a goofy fuck. The only thing I know about Moby Dick is uh, quotes that are used in Metal Gear Solid V. Oh, really? Yes. It's a, it's a good... It's it's not oh, a... Oh, and Star Trek. It's quoted a lot in Star Trek. Sure. It's not a easy story to get through in some cases. It's definitely, you know, it was written a while ago. But um, I know, like, at one point, Ishmael's just like, I'm going to devote a chapter to try and classifying all the whales I know. He doesn't know about all of them, but he knows about some of them. He's just like, you know, some of them I think have dumb names. So I'm going to give them my own names because I am Ishmael. Like so Vinky talk- like Charlie? Yeah, something kind of like, he's talking about a, a, a porpoise. And he's like, I call this the huzzah porpoise because when everyone sees it, they get really happy. And they're just like, huzzah. And then they kill it because it's got whale and it's, you can eat it. It's got like oil for burning and you can also eat it or whatever. So it's like, you know, hooray, we found a good thing. They're they're very happy animals that we can kill, and it's just is really funny sometimes. Also, super homoerotic. Him and Queequeg totally are, are getting. They they got a, they got a, a I feel like a, a sexual relationship that they can't talk about, but they very explicitly share a marriage bed in one chapter. When they fuse, do you think they have like eight arms like an octopus? Maybe that'd be cool. Yeah, be like a nautical theme. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Moby Dick's really good. It's yours. Ah. Uh, uh, probably something, I don't know. Oh. There's got to be something I'm good at, right? I'm happy with stuff. Yeah. Maybe not. Do, I don't know. I've seen you, have you seen you do and say things that make you happy? I don't know. I mean, you don't oh. have to have a glad space. No, I do. I ordered a shirt that says Beep Beep Lettuce. There you That's go. That's my glad space. Okay. That's called book ending. Okay, it is. I wanna I wanna plug two things real quick before we head out. Your ears? It's <laughs> a good joke. No, you it's not. There. <laughs> yes, it is. Shut up. Don't hate yourself. I love you. Um, the first one is a friend of mine, Aaron Pohara, is doing a Kickstarter for his second issue of his comic book, Book of Lexia, L-Y-X-I-A. I think he's like seventy percent funded. Um. He's got a pretty cool comic. He's got a really good artist on it. It's It's got a big pantheon of, like, gods if they were normal people or whatever and doing magic shit. So I guess not normal people. Uh, I've read the first issue. It's all right. I've read the script for the second issue. It seems like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, so if you're into that kind of fantasy, you should check that out. And then the other thing I want to plug is my other podcast, uh, the Comics Podcast. We just had episode 150 where we spent an hour and 45 minutes talking about our favorite comic books and so there's no it's just basically fun fun conversations about comics we really like so if you're like man i want to get into comic books where should i start that's a good episode to listen to because we're going to point you to mostly accessible things that are are really good and we had had a good time recording that one it's a it's a fun celebration of of actually good comic books instead of us complaining so those are my plugs one for each year I was like, those are good plugs. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Do you have any more um, closing thoughts on Steven Universe? Um, 
No.